right. Well, good morning, everybody. Those of you who are here in person, good morning to those of you joining us online. We thank you so much for being with us here today, and uh, what a beautiful day it is. It's, it's wonderful to be outside for sure. That sun is shining finally after a week of just misery. My goodness gracious. So we need that. Um, I just uh, want to introduce myself. My name is uh, Adam Sidler. I'm the senior pastor here, and I would love a chance to meet you, especially if you're new, if you're uh, n relatively new, if this is your very first time, whether, you, again, you're online or you're in person. If we could connect, that would be fantastic. So after the service, I'll actually be in the commons in the family room area where the couches are, and just come over and say hi to me, introduce yourself to me. I would love just to know um, how we could connect with you and support you and pray for you. Uh, speaking of prayer, uh, please, please, please let us know how we can be praying. I know that so many of us are dealing with some very difficult things these days, and we need to support one another in prayer through this. And so if you're joining us online, a very simple way of doing that is just to interact with the prayer button that you'll see there on the live stream. We have hosts um, on the ready that will connect with you and let you know uh, that your prayer request has been received. And then we as a staff, we do that every week. We pray for our congregation, so please do that. If you're here in person, you can do that through the church um, online, or I'm sorry, the church center app. If you haven't yet downloaded that, please download that. Get yourself in there. Uh, you can let us know how we can pray for you, or you can write that down on the connection card and then drop that off at the end. Uh, so that's just a really important part of our church community. Um, also want to just uh, get, continue to preface that church center app. Please take advantage of that. If you're online, you still use that, download it, and then check in. We'd love to know that you're, that you're with us here today. So this has been, this has been a difficult week, and uh, there has been so much discussion and prayer that has happened, and um, I, I am wanting uh, for myself and for you as individuals, but then for us as a church to be involved in communication that is helpful and healthy and moves us forward to hope and healing, uh, to the recognition of what it is that we can and need to do as believers in Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, and, and so in light of that, what I'd like to do is to kind of um, help us maybe refocus a little bit here this morning. So Lucio... Thank you so much. All right, that's the only reason we have him here this morning. Just to thank you so much. So um, I'm not going to hula hoop. I know some of you are disappointed. But um, uh, the Bible talks about control a lot. The Bible, all throughout the Bible, there's, there's talk and mention of control. But what kind of control does the Bible talk about? Self-control. And that's huge. That's huge. Self-control is the only control that the Bible talks about. Now, of course, we have the ability and the responsibility to inspire people, to be an example for others in our circle, in our circle of influence, whatever that may be, your family, your friends, your neighborhoods, your, your workspaces, whatever that is, we have that responsibility to inspire and to be an example for the cause of Christ. But the only control we have is self-control. 
And I think that that's important to recognize more so in these times than maybe ever before. And I keep going back to this passage, one of my favorite, if not favorite, passage in all of Scripture, in Psalm 139. And I've mentioned this many times here from this stage in my two short years of being here. Psalm 139, David writes something very profound. And I believe that it is necessary for all of us to embrace David, he says this. He says, search my heart, God. Search my heart. And what is he implying when he's saying that? He's saying, search my heart because I am incapable. Either because of a history of the way I've lived my life, or because there are literally things about myself that I'm unaware of. So search my heart. And see if there's any offensive way in me. Reveal those things to me. And then he says, test me. Test me, God, and know my anxious thoughts. An invitation for God to to interact with us on a profound, life-changing level. But he doesn't leave us there. He says, He says, then lead me in the way everlasting. So don't just leave me there. Don't just tell me the things that that I need to work on or the ways in which I've I've neglected or or, or not uh, fought for the hope and healing and justice that is necessary in this world. Don't leave me there, but then lead me in the way everlasting. And the reason I have this hula hoop is to represent that that we are to do that. We are to do what David says. He says, this is my circle right here. This is what I'm going to focus on first. This is what I'm going to focus on first. Because if we don't get this right, then it doesn't matter what we do beyond this circle. If we don't get this right, then instead of perpetuating and living a life where we are promoting hope and healing that comes from Jesus Christ, the justice that comes from Jesus, merging the justice that we need in this world along with what the, uh, what the Bible says justice is through the cause of Christ. If we don't get this right, if we don't as individuals and as a church say, God, search my heart. I open myself up to you. Reveal those things to me that are offensive Reveal those things to me that I need to give to you that for whatever reason I've not up to this point. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. And then lead me in the way everlasting as then I lead others. That's how it works. But we often forget that it starts here and we step outside that circle and we try to change everybody else And we try to convince everybody else of our opinions. And along the way, we hurt others. And then we get hurt. You agree with that? But if we start here, if we start here as individuals and as a church, that's when we change the world. That's when we change the world. And I, I, I'm excited to introduce to you, uh, for many of you that, that, uh, that don't know this gentleman that's going to be coming out here in just a second, I believe uh, Lucio uh, is a perfect example of this commitment uh, to live life 
where we are individually saying to God, change me, and then lead me to change others. Lucio, I had the privilege of, of uh, meeting him. So he is a missionary that we as a church have been supporting for many years and doing a tremendous work. And uh, I, I had the privilege of going to, uh, prior to COVID, uh, going uh, and meeting with him at the YWAM headquarters. So he's been with YWAM for quite a bit, uh, Youth with a Mission. And um, he works uh, and worked at the headquarters there um, and uh, spending so much time with uh, individuals from all over the world and preparing them, discipling um, them, and, and preparing them for leadership uh, and then helping them be the next generation of leaders for the cause of Christ. And Lucio's passion and his heart for the Lord and his passion and a heart for uh, developing leaders couldn't have been more apparent and more contagious. And I can't wait to uh, share him with you this morning. So would you please welcome Lucio to the stage. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> okay, well... Uh, it's a privilege, you know, to be here this morning. Um, I remember uh, 2005, uh, May 2005, I was here, you know, saying I do, okay? So I married here, 2005, it's almost 16 years. It's, uh, um, uh, and I didn't understand what was everything in, Eng in English, so I don't know what I say I do. No, just kidding. <laughs> My wife wanna say, what? So. No, no, I read the subtitles, you know, when I was here. So anyway, so I was uh, uh, really glad, you know, to be here. Uh, my name is Lucio Berruman. Um, uh, I'm really glad, you know, to be in this church. I consider, you know, my, my home church. Uh, and um, uh, the church support us, you know, since uh, we are uh, start our ministry together, me and my wife. I'm from Culiacan. Um, maybe you heard about that place before. I recommend that you go and let your uh, kids go. No, everyone else is going to marry to a Mexican. Don't worry, okay? <laughs> anyway, um, uh, today I want to share about uh, 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 the sermon that I have. It's, I've been calling Or Stones, okay? Or Stones. Is that really you got? Okay, uh, Or Stones. And, and this one is because we have a tradition as a family that uh, we collecting, that's why you see these stones over here, this rock over here, because uh, we're trying to remember God's faithfulness in our good times, up, and in our not difficult times, okay, the difficult times, so it's up and downs of life, and, uh, and how God was faithful in both sides, in both, you know, times. And um, yes, that's why I, I want to share with you today, and this is about the stones that we have. And everything started in 2013. was the first time that uh, I bring my older son, oldest son, to a mission trip. And um, you can see over here, you can see Josue. Josue is my oldest son. And that time was, he was five, five years old. And, and before, he only sees me, uh, you know, I travel a lot. So, so I just go and come back, go and come back. So, so daddy will go and daddy come back. And this time he have a, a privilege, you know, to see what I'm doing, at least my first child. And then we went over there 
and we see this is a crazy horse. So the first stone that I want to talk to you about it is this one. It's uh, from Crazy Horse. They have a, you, you, need, you give a donation and you get the, the, the stone. And it's because my, my little, well, my oldest one, in that time, he wants one. Okay? And I say, uh, why you want this? It's just a stone. But he wanted it. It was the cheaper um, souvenir, so let's, let's do it. So then uh, we grab it and say, well, I just put it in the van, and then you see what happened. Because in the same um, uh, mission trip, I'd be able to bring these people next. That was the first Latino youth group to, I could bring you know, to uh, Indian Reservation. I would try to do this many times, many years before, uh, like four years before, and doesn't happen, and finally happened. And they'd be able to, they could go over there and serve, and the mentality of them changed. Many of those, they never leave, uh, uh, not even the Twin Cities, they don't leave uh, uh, Minnesota. And what the first time they go in outside of Minnesota, they go into the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation, and they be able to, to join and, and, and serve. Like, a, wow, I was thinking that we need to be served, but they say, well, we could serve too. And that's kind of funny, because uh, many times I've been in, uh, in the Indian Reservation for different teams, and, and uh, when we're going over there to invite the kids you know, to do a Bible school, then they open, and we are only uh, Latinos. So they look as like, a, what's wrong? You know, I was thinking more white, maybe. <laughs> and then, uh, what, what are you doing over here? So then, so then when they join us, I, I remember taking pictures of all the Latinos and the uh, natives, taking pictures, and, the, and, and I don't know who is who, <laughs> okay? The only difference is one speaks English and the other one speaks Spanish. You know, that's the only thing different. So, so that's kind of cool, and they be able to, they join that time, and they be able to, when they come back, they serve the churches with a different mentality. So that's really neat for me, okay? Next. The next one is, is this one. This was is from uh, Machu Picchu. I don't know if they're legal to have this one over here, but uh, this one from Machu Picchu. Just caught that thing, okay. <laughs> so I was uh, over there in 2016, and I'd be able to bring all my family over there, not only my oldest son, but all my family to be over there. We was building houses for people who lost the house in an earthquake in Ica, Peru. And then uh, I've been there building different houses, but this time was special because I'd be able to bring my whole family over there and they know what we're doing. So next one. So you could see over here that I was uh, with Josue, my oldest son. He passed me the bricks and then I put it over there. I don't know how, how good was the, 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 the wall, but hopefully it's still there. And, um, but I'd be able to join with them, with the team, build a house, see the people over there really happy for, for the thing that we're doing. So what's really neat. So, and then later, we stay a little, a few more days. My in-laws join us, and we went to Machu Picchu, and it was a, was a nice place you know, to go as a family. Next one. Okay, this one is this one. Uh, this one is from Norway. And this is, uh, they call the pulpit, or prescrollen. I don't know if I pronounce it right. Uh, this is the pulpit. And this is uh, a rock that is over, it's like a pulpit, it's like a place 
that is um, 2,000 feet over the sea level or over the fjord that is passed in Norway. In order to get there, you need to walk around two hours. It's around 2.5 miles. And I have with my, my, home, my whole family, you know, with my five, five of us, <laughs> with my three kids. And, uh, and then be able to walk. Of course, we walk more than two hours up and then one to two hours, you know, down. I carry my uh, little one, that is uh, Caleb. He was one and a half year old. And I was, you know, with him the whole time and drugs and, you know, climbing. And you could see the photo and you could see that is uh, all the people who are less scared to the, to the, to the heights until the, the more scared. So it's my little one, then me, my wife, and the last one is the oldest, is the more scared one. So anyway, we take the picture, and then it's something that really enjoy. This uh, family to invite us, it's a Norwegian family to invite us to go there. They're taking care of everything, and they invite us, you know, for a, for a um, uh, vacation. We normally don't take vacation, we normally go, like, a, like in Peru, we go and serve and we stay longer. But this one was something that the people want to give to us. So it was so special to me. So this is, this is from there. So next one. Next one. This is a volcanic rock or stone. And this one, what happened uh, last year? My dad, in around March, he still telling me that he'll uh, really tired, really tired. So he went to the doctor and he figured out they have a, a three arteries clog. So it's only function, only one. So he needed a, a heart operation. But the problem was the COVID star. So all the hospital was closed because, because they only take care of COVID situation. So we're thinking, yeah, but what happened if my dad get the COVID? They don't have a, you know, time to survive. So, so we're praying. Also, I put a newsletter. So you're praying too, also. And, and uh, finally, that one in March, but in June, they open, you know, to make this heart surgery. And then I went over there. Um, and then when I was driving, I, I fly to Mazatlan. And then the, the hospital was in Guadalajara. So it's like a 10 hours driving. So I drive and I pass through a volcanic place and then I take this rock, okay? And this rock means oh, 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 that, that the prayer that I have for my dad and happened. Now I just came from, uh, from Cabo San Lucas, he's living in Cabo San Lucas. So I just came, I just uh, have a mission trip to Culiacan and then I fly to Cabo San Lucas, stay with him and he's really good. He, he, he just get the first shot and he's gonna get the second shot. I think he get it last, last week, you know, the second shot. And then he's okay, he's strong, and, and I'm really glad, you know, to God to, for these things. But in the beginning was a little stress and we couldn't do anything, so anyway. Um, next one. This is, yeah, this is uh, red. This is red, I don't know if you could see it. Uh, this is from uh, Jordan, from uh, Petra. So when we're there, um, we're visiting one of our friends that, that she served, you know, with the, in Israel. So when we're there, we say, I talk to her, hey, do you want to go to Petra? I want to go to Petra. They say, oh, I've never been there. Oh, let's go over there. So then when we figure out how much it's going to cost to have a um, um, tourist, uh, you know, place, you know, to go to the tourist uh, bus and everything, it was so expensive for three of us. So it's like, uh, let's do it our way. Means 
we'll see what happens. So we drive all the way to Eliab, that is uh, uh, the last city who is from uh, Israel, to is in the, in the um, uh, Red Sea, in the Red Sea. And then from the Red Sea, we cross the border, and then we ask for a um, taxi. The taxi is going to take you two hours drive to Petra, and then going to wait for you three hours, and then later he's going to bring you back. When I start looking uh, what they, the people say about it in trip advisor kind of thing, and, and they say, no, don't do that. It's so dangerous. Sometimes they stop halfway and ask you for money. Sometimes I leave you there. Sometimes, uh, so I was kind of scared. I was thinking, no, maybe it's not going to happen. So that morning, I woke up, do my quiet time, and then I feel from God to say, let's do it. So then I bring my wife, and I bring uh, my friend, and we cross the border to Jordan. Then we see the taxis, we take the taxis, and the taxi says, you need to pay the whole thing right now. And I say, no, I'm from Mexico. I don't want to pay the whole thing, <laughs> okay? I think you want to you wanna leave us over there. So how about I pay half, and then I pay you the other half? No, need to be or nothing. Oh, okay, so we get the whole thing, and then uh, wait. So he brings us to, the, to Petra. Uh, we say uh, three hours there, and then when I come back, I was running, you know, to see if the, if the taxi going to be there, and was there. So like, okay, phew. And the problem is, like, uh, they closed the border around 7. So if you didn't get inside of Israel before that time, you have a lot of questions because then they don't have a good relation, you know, the two countries. And, and they want to ask you, why you stay there? Who do you see? And all the kind of presence. So, so if we say we just go to Petra and come back, it's easier. So they almost close the border and we're driving and then we hear a little pssst. Next one. The taxi driver, you know, uh, uh, we have a flat tire. And then uh, he, the taxi driver tells us that he couldn't change the tire because uh, he had a, a surgery. So he couldn't move. Like, don't worry, I'm going to move. So then uh, I feel like in the pits, you know, like, a boo, 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 boo. like I finished the whole thing. <laughs> so then uh, in 30 seconds, you know, was ready. No, not that, that but uh, was ready. And then we drive it. So hopefully not another one. And we just barely made it, you know, and then we crossed the, the, the border. That day was Sabbath or Shabbat in Israel. So we went to our... our um, uh, a hostel that we stay, and they're having Shabbat over there. And then, next one, then I found this guy over there, and they say, hey, how you doing? And it was, okay, and, uh, yes. This guy, a Mexican in, um, in Eliab, in Israel, and he worked in mines over there, and he said, hey, how you doing? Like, oh, wow, what are you doing over here? So long story short, I shared the gospel to them, and then he accepted Jesus. So the whole thing that happened, and then I was like, wow, you know, was, was pretty good. That's why this stone is really, really mean, you know, you know really, mean, really significant for me. So, yeah. Next. This one. This one is not a rock because I started in 2013, and this one was in 2012, one year before. This is a helmet that my... Um, middle child, Josiah, need to use. And because when he born, he had some, you know, problem that he couldn't, you know, uh, move this, his head. 
And in that time, you know, my wife had a hernia surgery, so she couldn't lift, you know, anything. I need to bring her, you know, to, to outside the, the bed. And then I decided to take my wisdom thing. I don't know why, but I did it. So I was in Vicarine, so I was really depressed. I normally not depressed like that, but I was really depressed. Like a, like a, so it was really low place for me. And then I bring dinner to the doctor to a normal check. And then when you see the doctor do like that, and he get used to, to see kids, and she'll go, what? And he put the, his hand in my arm and say, he's going to be okay. Like, what? I think he's okay already. So anyway, long story short, you know, he need to use this one for at least two or three months, I think. So he only used it for one month. So that was pretty good. And in the time that we are kind of suffering with this thing, um, I received a call from Mexico, the person that normally don't call me. I don't know how you find my, my cell phone. And he said, I dream, you know, about you, that you're suffering. Like, what? Like, uh, and then I start crying because you know that God is taking care of you. He knows, he put others, you know, that remind you of you. So, anyway, what, why we, uh, why we are talking about stones, and what this thing need to be with the thing that I want to talk today. Well, in, uh, in the Old Testament, um, uh, the Bible put stones or rocks 260 times, okay? And, of course, it's been, they use it for bad things, you know, to stone people, but it is for good things. We want to talk about the good thing this time. And in Genesis, you could Genesis 35, 14 to 15, it says this. Jacob set up a stone pillar in the place where God had talked with him. And he poured out a drink offering on it. He also poured oil on it. Jacob called the place where God had talked with him. Bethel. So, so now you know why he put the, the, the stone pillar? Because he had an encounter with God. So he know that, he want to remember that, so he put the, the stones over there. Then we could see Moses, okay? Moses, in uh, Exodus 24, 4, he says that. Moses, when he wrote down everything the Lord had said, he got up early and the next morning and built an altar and a foot of the mountain and set up at 12 stone pillars, representing the 12 tribes of Israel. So Moses did the same thing. He put the, for something happened to him, he put 12 stones over there. And, and not only them, the, you could read the Bible, uh, Abraham did it, um, uh, Noah also when he got out of the ark, um, and, and, and Joshua. And when I want to read Joshua, the, the, the first one's talking about why they did it, okay? But I just want to explain a little bit more. What Joshua, Joshua says. So Joshua called together the 12 men, and he had a point from uh, the Israelites, one of each tribe, and he said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribe of the Israelite to serve as the sign among you. Next. In the future, this is why, in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them 
that the lower flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters on the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people from Israel forever. So the other ones do it, and they know what they do it. But Joshua not only do it because he knows, or the people know, but it's who's going to know it later on. If I explain these things to my kids, they will remember easily. Okay? And they could talk to their, my grandkids. Hopefully they stay there, or we will have more, more stone in there. But uh, the main thing is those in our encounter with God. And in the Old Testament, that happened too. They have an encounter with God, and they, they want to do something. They put stones like that. So then they say, why do the stones hurt like this? Because of this happening. So now my question is, what are your stones? Okay? What is something that God is making with you, or, or, or having with you, or happening with you, or, uh, that you remember that thing. This is the last, well, the last stone that I want to show today, okay? Uh, and this is from Jerusalem. This stone is from Jerusalem. Uh, when, I, when I grabbed it, we, were, uh, kinda, we went to the Mount of Olives. Yep, it's the Mount of Olives over there. This is picture that we take. And, um, and you could see uh, on the Mount of Olives all of the, of the tombs that is there, all of the uh, grave, graves that are there. And then when they were there, uh, I saw, you could see, you know, the stones over. I was thinking, ah, they don't clean it up. <laughs> That's why the stones are there. I said, no, it's because the Jews had a tradition, instead of bringing flowers, they bring stones. They put stones over there from uh, the people who, like, uh, where they come from, where they want to go. There's something significant for those stones that they put over. We put flowers, but then later on we need to take it out. They put stone and they stay there because they want to remember those things. So, based on that, when we talk about what is, what is or, or, or stones, it's those times that we spend time with God. You don't need to have this thing physically, but you have some times that you can explain to others, but you understand that God was there. And it's so important. Why? Because sometimes when this thing happens, our eyes is a fixing Jesus, okay? He's totally with God, okay? Like, a thank you, you know, for letting me do this. Thank you for, for uh, taking care of my dad. Thank you. And in that time, your eyes is on him. It's fixing him. What happened with, uh, with uh, normal of us? Like the same thing that happened to Peter. Okay? Peter, uh, in Matthew 14, uh, 20, 26 to 31, there's a story about he saw uh, Jesus walking waters. And they say, Peter, oh, is that you? Okay, invite me to go over you. Like, oh yeah, come. And then he get up, and he was putting the eyes over there, and little by little he getting the eyes over the situation, and he the wind and see the, the 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 waves, and he start sinking. Why? Because he didn't put the eyes on him, on Jesus, and that happened to us too. When we have an encounter with God, that is our sons, 
Then later, thank you, Jesus, and then we walking normally, and our eyes start getting down and down and down to the circumstances, to the situation right now. So you could see if you don't have your eyes on him, um, uh, uh, political uh, uh, problems, uh, the COVID, you know, it's one year already with COVID and all of you with the mask. Um, a, a racial, racial, you know, stuff that happened, um, economic situation, all this kind of stuff, you know, we start seeing and we start getting uh, anxious, uh, fearful, insecure, frustrated, okay? And we're trying to act the way that we normally act, maybe, okay? Without him. And the only thing that I want to tell you, sometimes we always want something new. Oh, show me something new. How about revelation, something new? But sometimes you just remember. Sometimes God just remember. Why? Because we are seeing him in that time. And then later we go down a little bit and we start getting frustration and anxious and, and, and we don't know what to do. The only thing that is remembering you to go to the last time when, when you was with him. What happened in that time? And then, and then from there, you know, going there. Um, Hebrews 12, 2, uh, eight, uh, part 8 says, Fix, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Colossians 3, 2 says, Set your minds on things above, not on the early things. Yeah, we know that. The, the, the theory, we are agree with the theory. <laughs> Sometimes we fail in the practice. So the only thing that I want you to do this time, or, or God want me to, to let you know, remind you, is go to those stones. Is there 12? Good. Is there 20? Good. Write it down. Because he was there, there, and there, and there. He is here right now, and he will be with you in the future. That's when I help you. And want to give you the faith that we need to keep going. So if you don't have those kind of times, or you don't remember any of those times, I want to pray for you today. So you could uh, uh, be fresh for you and start from that time. How you feel in that moment with him. Okay? Father, thank you so much for this time, for this opportunity. Thank you for uh, the time that we're trying to give you the best. Remind us those times, either one, either two, anyone, how we feel in those times and how we feel right now. And then we remember those times. We'll be able to start walking, but with the eyes on you. Bless this time, bless everyone else, and make us do your will in our life. In the name of Jesus, amen.